shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. A fantastic website called ask.org.au. All about evangelism. Uh, The Ask Project is connected to the Sydney Anglicans and uh, it's got some great content on that website. Welcome along, David. How are you, mate? I'm I'm doing well. It's nice to hear those words from Sydney. And by the way, I I love the preview of the things that are coming up. I'm going to have to carry on listening when we're done. Yeah, maybe we'll need some counselling from uh, Valerie a bit later, hey? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And mate, uh, I know that uh, your website is, uh, it covers so many topics. For those who don't know about it, ask.org.au. Tell us all about it. Well, it it, it arose out of an idea that I had. I wrote, uh, I was asked to write a book for teenagers and I ended up writing one called Ask that I basically, I got teenagers from about 21 different countries to send me in questions, actual teenagers, not youth pastors, no parents, just the teenagers. And it was fascinating, the questions they asked. And so I wrote this uh, very short chapters, 52 chapters, as you can imagine, uh, Bible verse and uh, the question and some comments and further reading. And it just really took off. So then we set up this website, which is not for teenagers, because I thought one of the things I, I like to do, I like to go into pubs and clubs and stuff and just have people fire questions, schools and and elsewhere, because we don't often do dialogue. And uh uh so we set up this website we set up this project and basically people can uh write in we put up videos and various things our articles as well um on various subjects and people can write in and ask a question and usually i'll respond myself or we may even make it into an article or something so any of your listeners want to do that feel free but that's what we do and it's really designed for non-christians although of course a lot of christians connect with it as well but it's designed to be user-friendly for non-christians well you sound like the man for the job because i know that you've written for newspapers magazines you've authored books including the dawkins letters and engaging with atheists so uh, it's so good to have this resource available so i encourage people to check out the website ask.org.au and you can also submit some questions if you want and uh see if david can uh, can answer them as well uh now just off air we were chatting as well i'd love to get you to just uh, share with our listeners uh, what you were sharing with me. So you you said that you were surprised at how many people go to church on Good Friday in Australia. Just explain that for us. Sure. Well, I think in Scotland especially, uh, we've lost that notion. We once were known as the land of the people of the book, the book being the Bible. And we've lost that. And we've secularized, I think, quicker than any nation in history. And now very often Good Friday, uh, Easter Monday are not even public holidays. So here I was shocked that they were like, there was a public holiday. And then we went to church, which for me is unusual on Good Friday, and it was packed. And I have uh, I work with different churches in Sydney, and all of them were telling me the same story. And I thought, isn't it wonderful? It's wonderful that there's a public holiday remembering the crucifixion of Christ. And I know we can be a bit cynical about that, but I, I've heard numerous stories, I think, of a friend who told me that someone came to their church who was just looking for help, and and, and I mean spiritual help. And actually came back on Sunday as well. So I, I, I think it's a this is a really positive aspect of Australian culture. And I think the church is, yeah, you don't know. I was going to say how lucky you are, but you don't know how blessed you are yeah. uh, that that still exists. 
And can I just say too, David, I've got a whole bunch of pastors, uh, pastor friends I'm connected to, and from what I'm hearing, most churches had bumper services on Good Friday yeah. and on Easter Sunday. Uh, I think yeah. a couple of things, the people that had stopped going to church uh, during COVID um, ha- have pretty much all come back. There might be some that don't come at the moment still, but pretty much most of them have come back. And I also understand that there's just a lot of people searching right now that are just checking out churches to to, to find some answers. Are you hearing that yeah. in uh, in Sydney in your your circles? Yeah, it's I I call it the Jordan Peterson effect. Now, what I mean by that is I went to hear Jordan Peterson at the Sydney um, Conference Centre, nine thousand people, and there'd been nine thousand the previous Saturday. I mean, he spoke for an hour and a half, basically on the Bible and and philosophy. I mean, that's insane. People paid a fortune for it, um, and it was wonderful. Um, but what I gathered and what I'm picking up from people is people are becoming aware that our society doesn't really have answers. We're being offered certainties through our media and through our politicians, and all of these certainties fail. And I think people's certainties have been challenged through COVID, through bushfires, through many, many different things. And they're saying, look, there's got to be more to life than this. And I think this is a golden opportunity. My friend and colleague, Steve McAlpine in Perth, um, he, he and I both use this same phrase. Uh, we talk about the society being never more hostile, never more open. Mm. And I, I think there's an openness. I think it's great. Mm, absolutely. And we've, we've chatted on this radio station a number of times about the McCrindle research that's come out yeah. in the last couple of years that Aussies are more open to a spiritual conversation and more open yeah. to an invite to church than ever before, uh, and you know because they're questioning what's happening with the world, you know. Uh, and uh, I just think it's our time to reach out and shine a light more than ever. Hey, yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. And I think you know that's one of the reasons um, that I moved to Australia. I've only been here since 2019, but I just thought there was there's just such a great opportunity for evangelism, mm. and it really is up to the churches to seize the day. Uh, as you know, carpe diem, as they say. <laughs> uh, I, I think we've got a great opportunity right now. And my only fear is that we're too afraid to take it. Yeah. And I do think, by the way, that Christian media has a phenomenal part to play. Mm. That's another big difference between here and the UK. Uh, Christian media is a significant part of media in Australia. It is not in the UK. Mm. And so thank you guys, by the way. Mm. Well, we love having you on the radio, and uh, we love the fact that you're uh, using radio as a medium to reach people, but you're also using your website, you're on social media, you've got a blog, you do all this great stuff uh, to reach the next generation. And uh, I know that the City Bible Forum that you work with, you know, just do such a great job all around Australia. So let's get into our topic for today. I'm curious to know a bit about your visit to the Jewish Museum recently. Tell us all about it. Okay, yeah. Um, just a, a, a wee correction. I'm, oh, yeah. uh, I am. I work for Evangelism and New Churches of Sydney Anglicans, although I still do stuff with City Bible Forum. I, I, I did work with them initially when I came here, but oh, okay. I, I, work with, I, I work with lawyers. You know, yeah. Basically, my view is if, if God can save lawyers, he can save anyone. So, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and and we're seeing, we are seeing uh, a, a good work going on amongst the lawyers. Yeah, I went to the Jewish Museum. Now, I, I go, I try and go regularly, maybe once every two years, because one of the reasons I became a Christian was because of the Holocaust. Wow. Because I couldn't explain it. It was because of the evil of the Holocaust. Um, also, I'm from a country, Scotland, which has never had laws against Jewish people. It's the only European country of which that is true. And people like my father-in-law, who grew up as strict Presbyterians, 
they always believed that it was a Christian's special responsibility to pray for the Jews. And, you know, I, I've just always been fascinated by it. I read, I did at university, I did study Weimar Germany and the rise of the Nazis. And because of various things that happened, so um, the last Nuremberg prosecutor of the Nuremberg trials died last week. Um, and I, I put all this, by the way, on a podcast I've got called The We Flee when I looked at all of this. There's a village in France called Oradour sur glane and I'd been to visit it twice, and the Nazis completely destroyed it, and it was left ruined, and it's still there. You can still go and visit. 643 of the villagers out of 650 were killed, and the the last victim of that, the last survivor, there were six survivors, he died this week, and then I've just read Jonathan Friedland's book, um, Escape from Auschwitz, which is about the only two people to have ever escaped from Auschwitz. Uh, actually broke out of the camp and got away. So uh, with all that, I went to the Jewish Museum and again, deeply moved by the history of the Jewish people. I recognize with Paul the debt we as Christians owe the Jews. Uh, I just think of what he says in Romans and particularly Romans 11. Deeply moved. I, 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 you, I cannot understand how you would not be moved by the Holocaust Memorial. And there was one disturbing aspect that, will I share that with you that yeah. I didn't, I wasn't keen on. Um, I think there's a tendency in our culture to use the word Nazi for everything. You know, if, if someone disagrees with you, they're a Nazi. And we see this happening a lot. And I was interested, um, Dr. David Adler, president of the Australian Jewish Association, wrote an article in The Spectator deploring the use of the term Nazi for women who are protesting against transgenderism and so on. And or, or I would say protesting for women's rights. And they're called Nazis, even by politicians, which is horrendous. Um, and he was protesting that. And I, the word Nazi is being used for everything. Mm. And I, I was sad to say that in the Jewish Museum, there was a small display, which more, it didn't quite state, but it certainly implied it, that if you were opposed to same-sex marriage, you were equivalent to a Nazi. Mm. And I find that degrading of what happened to the Jewish people. I, I find it demeaning. Um, I find it insulting. I find it when people say about me because let's say i don't i i would say that a a man can't become a woman people say oh you're far-right nazi mm. and you think wow mm. you know th th this is we, we've become so distorted in our culture and this comes back to our initial thing when we were talking about why people are interested because we are constantly being bombarded with propaganda which we are not allowed to question mm. and anyone who does question is called a nazi but coming back to the main thing, I think we as Christians have a responsibility to the Jewish people. And I, I, I'm astounded that anti-Semitism is on the increase in Europe and possibly here in Australia. And I'm with Pascal, the Roman Catholic uh, philosopher, scientist, who was too Protestant to be a Catholic and too Catholic to be a Protestant, is how they put it. He said one of the great proofs for the existence of God was the continuing survival of the Jewish people. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree you, with that totally. You look at all the uh, the things that have happened in, in Jerusalem and Israel since 1948, yeah. it's definitely uh, an, an yeah. incredible uh, you know work of the hand of God. You know, uh, I'm just yeah. curious. I just want to backtrack a moment. You, you said you came to Christ because of what you saw from the Holocaust. Just yeah. unpack that for us. I'm fascinated. Okay. There was a, a television series, which you can get now, I think, on YouTube and certainly get on DVD called The World at War that Laurence Olivier um, uh, narrated. It was, it's by far the best documentary, I think, ever produced. 
And as part of that, I remember as a teenage boy watching uh, Nazis surrounding a barn in France, actually, very similar to Orador. And uh, the Jews were inside that barn and they set fire to it with flamethrowers and they gave them a choice, be burnt to death or come out and be shot. And the impact that had on me was I just thought, how can human beings do this? Mm. And so I went to university. Um, I, th I became a Christian before I went to university, but I th this was a part of an ongoing process. So I started studying this and looking at this. And I came to realize what Solzhenitsyn says, that the dividing line between good and evil goes right through the middle of every human art. And I came to realize I could have been a Nazi. Mm. I came to realize that people went home from their work at Auschwitz sat at the piano with their kids and played, you know, Mozart on the piano or Christmas carols and had a, a, a Christmas tree. And I thought, wow. And I actually couldn't bring myself to go to Auschwitz uh, until about eight years ago I went. Um, and I have to say, I have no solution to the problem of evil other than the cross. Mm. Evil takes me to the cross. Evil is the, on uh, the only answer to evil is the cross. And I, I uh, if I ever need to be reminded, I watch Schindler's List. I used to watch it every year, but I watch it about once every two years. And it reminds me of why I'm a minister of the gospel, mm. because I want to proclaim light into the darkness. And the German people as a whole rejected Christianity. They were the most advanced, progressive, scientific nation in the world in the, in the 1920s and 1930s. And they ended up being responsible for the massacre of 6 million Jews and ultimately in the Second World War, 50 million people in total. And that's where we go when we reject Christianity. And that motivates me a lot because people say, oh, that's ridiculous. You know, you just said, don't be accusing everyone of being a Nazi. Well, I wouldn't say, don't accuse it. Certainly don't accuse everyone of being a Nazi. But I would say if we reject God's word, the only way to go is downhill and into whatever path of evil you want to call it. So that, that's how I became a Christian, because it was the only answer I could see to not just the world's evil, but my own evil. You know, it reminds me there was a, a song years ago by one of my favorite Christian bands called Switchfoot, and they oh, yeah. wrote a song called The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. And yeah, I remember being fascinated song. by that quote. And, you know, yeah. really it's all about when you see the darkness, there must yeah. be some light. Uh, when yeah. you see evil, there must be good. And uh, yeah. I guess that's a bit of your testimony, isn't it, hey? Well, it certainly is. I mean, um, it took me years and years and years. I ended up, um, the Keswick Convention in uh, England, I ended up going there and doing a, a, an hour and a half talk one time, I think it was, on um, why the problem of evil is actually a pointer to God and to the gospel. And I, I would still maintain that. I would say once you recognize there is such a thing as evil, once you begin to understand the depths of evil, you have to find a solution for it. And the only solution for it is the blood of Christ is how I put it. Mm. Um, and I, I, I do think the light shines in the darkness all the more. Mm. So, you know, for me, I couldn't cope going to the Jewish Museum. I really couldn't cope. I, I mean, I'm, I'm always traumatized by it. And I couldn't cope if it wasn't to the fact that after I sit down and weep, I can look up and see Christ. Mm. Well, you know, I went to Israel twice and uh, on one of my trips, my wife and I went to the Holocaust Museum, and yeah. even now I'm emotional remembering. Yeah. You know, I, I I can't wipe it out of my mind. Some of the pictures I saw, and the videos I saw, and the things that I read, and uh, the gravestones that you walk past, and 
You know, it, it broke my heart. Uh, and you know what? Yeah. It's, it's one reason why we, we need to continually pray for Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You know, right now yeah. there's so many things happening in, in Israel too. It's uh, very unstable. They're surrounded by enemies. And, you know, it, yeah. it is part of our, our Christian calling to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Is that something you do regularly after yes. what you know, now, now that you know yes. all this? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm, I, I realize that Christians have different interpretations of, of about the return to the land and the temple and so on. Mm. And I'm, I'm not going to get into that. I mean, yeah. I have my own views, but my, my view particularly comes from Romans that I believe that the Jewish people are still god's people they need christ i mean paul needed to be converted he was a jew mm. the, the the apostles were all jews they needed to become christians mm. and some jews oppose christ absolutely we know that but i still think that there is a a, a, a special that there was a covenant with the jewish people and i i believe that before christ comes again that the majority of the jewish people will be converted i also think that whenever jewish people come to the lord there's a great blessing for gentiles mm. you know and I, I belong to a church, the Free Church of Scotland, and, and we had a guy called Robert Murray McShane who set up Christian witness to Israel, uh, traveled to Hungary. There are still Jews in Hungary who, who descendants, Christian Jews, who were converted uh, through his ministry. He went to Israel, actually, as well, and was largely responsible for the Balfour Declaration, out of which came the modern state of Israel, mm. um, which is all absolutely fascinating. But I think it's incumbent upon us to pray for the Jewish people and to stand up for the Jewish people when they are continually attacked. Mm. Do you know, in, if someone was standing up, I mean, those ridiculous people standing up at the, at the women's rally who infiltrated it, 20 guys uh, who did Nazi salutes, that was horrendous. That got publicity. But what didn't get publicity was that there was a uh, Marxist conference in the University of Melbourne last week where there were a thousand people clapping and applauding about destroying Israel, mm. you know, and it, it seems that anti-Semitism is the, the kind of one acceptable form of racism. Now, of course, people deny that, but they, they under the guise of being against Israel, it really is against the Jewish people, you yeah. know, and so I have, um, I, I, I have enormous sympathy and empathy. Uh, with the Jewish people, why should they trust any nation to protect them after what happened mm. in the Second World War? Mm. There's no, there's no way they should. By the way, let me tell you a wee story about from from Sydney because, you know, there, uh, Australia did pro provide a lot of refuge for Jewish people. Um, I had a friend who worked here as a missionary with Chris, Christian Witness to Israel. She came from Scotland. Her name was Anna Sutherland. Um, and she sounds like a great gig. She largely worked around Bondi and Bondi Beach. Um, she was in a Jewish cafe one time and talking to three young Jewish women. And all of them said, oh, we don't believe in God. We don't believe in God. Because there are a lot of Jews that say that. And, and she said, why? And she said, oh, because of Auschwitz. And as she was thinking about what to say, this elderly lady tapped the table, banged the table and said, excuse me. And she rolled up her arm and she showed her Auschwitz tattoo. And she said, I believe in God. Mm -hmm. And it was a very powerful, uh, poignant uh, moment. So, yeah, I, I do think that I, I know I was in a church called St. Peter's in Dundee. The founder of that church was a man called Robert Murray McShane. McShane's Bible calendar is used by many people throughout the world. Um, McShane used to pray for the Jews for an hour every day wow. and for three hours on a Sunday. Wow. Wow. So I feel I owe, I owe him that as well. Yeah. 
Well, it's been inspirational to hear your views today and your passion for uh, the Jewish people. Uh, if people want to find out more about your ministry, once again, the website is ask.org.au. Uh, David Robertson, it's always uh, wonderful catching up with, up with you, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.